श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए गोद भक्त बृंद की जाए गोद प्रेम So good evening, everyone. Again, nice to be with you. Uh, this will be the last time we'll be together until um, I have the opportunity to return. Some of you have been, um, I guess, I've been seeing you in and out for the most part of the month here. Some of you have been with me the whole month, and we've discussed um, for one month about more or less about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. I think all of our classes have been about the significance and appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <clears throat> and um, you brought out some very um, beautiful insights by your inquiring spirit and enthusiasm and so forth. But um, I don't think we've had any sessions where I gave you the opportunity just to ask any questions. So we'll do that this evening then. And the kids have to go to school tomorrow, so we're not going to stay up too late. Mm-hmm. So, so, are there any questions? Yes. So, um, yesterday you were talking about codicy and how we follow it because Krishna mm-hmm. wants us to. So, um, Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about it because sometimes it's hard to explain. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that a lot of um, the different um, a number of the different practices attendant practices to bhakti they do have cultural um, sensibilities uh, take for example the, the save operads there's a number, I don't know, maybe 30, 32 or something, save operas listed in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. And um, Thakur Bhakti Vinod, who is a very uh, kind of contemporary, well, person in his time, uh, and uh, sought to uh, present the universality of the essential. Um, spiritual ideas of Gaudiya Vaishnavism to, to the world and, and in doing so had of course the insight as to what was relative and what was um, absolute, what was non-essential what was essential and so forth would speak for example about the Seva Aparads in such a way that one could understand some of them were they didn't make any sense in a different cultural context like don't wear red before the deity kind of idea, or blue. Um, these were the royal colors, and in India had you know different kings, kingdoms, 
wasn't really one country, and and so Krishna, generally the deity, is uh, is worshipped with some Aishvarya. So Archan deity worship is is not as uh, integral a, uh, of a uh, practice amongst the nine limbs of Swarup Siddhabhakti, Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Parasevanam, Archanam, Dasyam, Sakyamat, Manivedam, Archanam is one of them. But it it, um, it it tends to foster a sense of Aishvarya. There's the deity, and then there's the devotee, and then there's devotion. And there's a, there's a kind of a gap between the two. And in the Ragmark, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's ideal, following the Vrindavan, uh, leelas and so forth, sentiments, then that gap between the worshipper and the worshipped is to be bridged, hmm? uh, where worship, if you will, turns into love, and ultimately there's the, there's the Radha Krishna Pranai, Vikriti Ladini Shakti Rasmad, the Pranai, Pranai Vikriti, or not even Prem Vikriti, a transformation of Pranai. Pranai is uh, is when we look closely at Krishna, if we look more closely, the implication is you see he's not alone. Hmm? He's standing next to Radha. And if you look more closely, you see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the idea. So Srupadamara penned a beautiful verse that Krishna's Kaviraj incorporated into his Mongol charan of Chaitanya Charitamrita. Radha Krishna Pranai Vikriti Ladini Shakti Rasmad. And if you look carefully at Pranay is something that is relative to Sakiras and Madhuriras, not Vatsaliras or Dasiras. It's a kind of a union, hmm? that uh, a, a likeness of minds and so forth that is uh, not possible to, to uh, experience between a ser- servant and master, hmm? or parents and children, in the way that it is between friends and between lovers. Hmm? So, and then within that, of course, if you, we, we look to the Ramananda Samvad, we find when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, is it something more, the end of the conversation between Ramananda Roy and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, there's something more. He said, well, everything that Ramananda presented, he gave a scriptural uh, reference to support. Hmm? When Mahaprabhu pushed him again, finally, uh, he, he reached the point of saying, I have something else I could say, but I don't know if I can support it with the scripture. Hmm? It's kind of off the scriptural map. The Vrindavan Leela in general tends to be, but the Madanakya Mahabhav of Vrata, that's a, it's a, it's a uh, kind of the ultimate in, in union, is especially so. And this is the kind of parnai that Sarup Damodar is speaking about. The oneness of Radha and Krishna, that is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is a very, you know, uh, very deeply esoteric um, idea. Hmm? Um, and so that kind, I'm only bringing it up in the context of the, the idea that that kind of union between Bhagawan and, and, and Bhakta that is desired in Rag Marg is not... Uh, um, as well facilitated by Archon as is reverential love of God. Therefore, in Vaidhi Bhakti, it's, it's very prominent. You find, for example, in Madhva Sampradaya, the main thing, the main anga 
is deity worship. They worship the uh, the uh, 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 what is it? Udupi Krishna, hmm? said to be, have been the deity of Rukmini in Dwarka, in Udupi, in the Madhva Sampradaya. And they have, I believe it's eight different moths in Udupi and eight different acharyas at all times. And their system is that once every eight years, each of the acharyas gets to preside over the main moth. And during those other eight years that, that he's waiting, each one is waiting, they raise funds and whatnot and to suspend when they on the deity when they're in charge of the uh, the main moth. And then the deity worship begins at whatever, four in the morning, it goes till about noon or, or one o'clock, uh, all the bathing ceremonies. And, so, uh, and you find big, big temples in South India amongst the Ramanujas and so forth that are very um, elaborate, the temples that are like whole cities and, and so forth. So it's, uh, I remember once, I, I've mentioned it before, having... Uh, uh, maybe it was just the other day. I was in Trivendram uh, years ago, and it was a Kadasi, and we went to the Padmanabh temple, Padmanabh Chaitra. It's like a world, the whole temple. And there we were in the temple, and it was a Kadasi, and they, they would bring a Vijay Murti of the, of the Vishnu out on a, a small uh, replica of the deity, representation of the large deity, which is a, you know, as big as this room, lying out... Uh, and as Vishnu, you know, does kind of in his uh, relaxed, kind of bored uh, posture uh, in relation to the Aishvarya and so forth, and Shristi Leela that he presides over and so forth, so which isn't the most exciting Leela in the world, the Leela of creation in the world. And at any rate, it was very uh, inspiring in a way. I mean, they, they, they would bring the deity out, and there would be elephant inside the temple, and They'd go so many feet and stop, and trumpets would play, and kettle drums would boom, and the Brahmins would be chanting mantras, and they and they would and they would go around the temple and the different avatars, as it's thought of, of Narayan. We, 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 had, we had their shrines, and you'd stop, and prayers would be offered to them, and so it's very like. And I felt I went to Vaikuntha today. You know? So um, even comparatively. The archon that we find in Gaudiya Vaishnavism is, is far, far more intimate, hmm, if you will, than it is in such sampradayas. And of course, there's bhavaseva to the deity that we find in the lives of the Goswamis. Um, and they have they have mentioned Rupa Goswami has mentioned the archon of the service of the deity as one of the powerful uh, instruments or, or angus of bhakti. What is it? He gives uh, nam uh, sadhu sangha nam kirtan bhagavat shravan uh, sadhu sangha hari kirtan of Krishna nam hearing the bhagavatam living in Mathura Vrindavan worshiping the deity. Hmm? So it's it is prominent in a sense, but um, it we, what we find is as much as it plays a part, it seek, it it seeks to and it successfully helps us in entering into smarnam that is so prominent in ragmarg and then that is fostered by 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 hearing it by shravanam and kirtanam and so the, there's kind of a temple in the heart that's going on and there's this internal culture that's that's uh, far more prominent in godia sampradaya or ragmarg sampradaya than in avidimarg sampradaya and we find often that persons who who have have 
actually um, some uh, access to internal lila seva, they tend not to participate as much in in temples and uh, in big, big temples. And Bhakti Siddham Sarsitaku, for example, was criticized by Lalit Prashad, his brother, for opening so many big temples and worship. This is not the Ragmarg and so forth. He was thinking, of course, Saraswati Thakur had a, a different idea of how to bring people to the Ragmarg and that's another explanation. So, at any rate, the deity is worshipped you know, like royalty. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, to wear the same color as the royalty in the temple, that was thought to be a save aparad. And it doesn't play out as well in America, like, don't go to the temple with a red sweater on, you know, like, why not? You know, <laughs> Christian doesn't like red, or what is it? You know that kind of thing. So these sevap rods, for example, and there are other other practices that we we, we do. Uh, you look at, for example, the, the observance on a lower level of the chaturmas. Here we're entering the Damodar month, so that this is mentioned as an anga of of uh, Rupa Goswami's bhakti observance of uh, Kartik in Vrindavan, not chaturmasya per se. Hmm? But the Chaturmasya has certain uh, elements that, you know, you don't eat spinach on, you know, one of the four months. And, and of course, uh, that may be the only time it grows in, in North America or something like that. So they, some of these are, you know, as I say, culturally kind of uh, oriented uh, to some extent. And therefore, things like, you know, you're asking about ecodicy and uh, to, uh, why to how do why we observe it and was there anything positive to it? It appears to have a kind of a negative connotation that we we do we stop doing things we do less things we we embrace voluntarily some austerity. How does that please Krishna to to make ourselves uncomfortable? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, and I think that relative to the way I began to answer you, that the, the condensy has some connection with the idea that in a, in a vegetarian society uh, that we're grain, like we, we'd install the deity of Mahaprabhu, you might have noticed we, part of that ritual of the Pranpatishta involves submerging the deity in water hmm? and lying down in the water. This is, you know, life is water. Hmm? That's why they're looking for water on Mars, you know, and if there's water there, Maybe Krishna's there. <laughs> Maybe there's life there. And then the, then the deity's taken and put in, in, in into, in bathed in rice. Hmm? And so rice represents the grain, which is the, uh, the, the livelihood of, uh, particularly grain, I, it's kind of a South Indian-oriented thing. So if you go to South India, then if you haven't eaten, or Bengal, that side, if you haven't eaten rice in the day, you haven't eaten. Hmm? You go to the north and you haven't eaten chapatis, you haven't eaten. <laughs> so they have a similar idea in the west. If you haven't eaten uneatables, you haven't eaten. <laughs> yeah, uh, one, of, one of my students went home once and uh, his, his father said, you know, that, that there's a lot of food in the refrigerator, you know, take whatever you want. And so he was making a big, like, sandwich with a, Avocado and cheese and tomato and whatnot. And the f- his father came in and, and looked and said, "Aren't you going to put anything on it?" <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> so different uh, sensibilities. Um, but in but anyway, uh, the, this is uh, Bhakti is very 
prominent in the South, in Kali Yuga, it's mentioned in Bhagavad and so forth. So anyway, this ritual uh, uh, where, where rice represents the sustenance, it could have been wheat, I suppose, but it's a little, little bit, little bit, little bit South Indian. At any rate, uh, uh, this is part of you know the the, the ceremony, hmm? the, the ritual, and so anyway, largely India's. Uh, uh, and Hinduism is a grain has a grain-based diet. You know, anna is food, and everything else is extra. You know, milk and grains are the is food, and then a little vegetable or a little fruit, and the, and so on. So, the observance of a codice with its uh, uh, fasting from grains, from food, uh, is has some kind of a. Um, Sensibility with regard to uh, um, well, it's a big population feeding everybody. If everybody uh, foregoes grains for two days a month, there's a lot of surplus, and something like that uh, appears to be. I'm making a conjecture, but tied to that uh, uh, idea. But beyond that, um, and I'm speaking in general about the, these kind of things that sometimes you kind of wonder why are we doing this, and sometimes it's it, it, it's uh, it's it's somewhat relative to India, hmm? and we we can look beyond it if we can identify as such and, and then um, uh, identify ourselves rather with the principle rather than with details. But any overall, a codice then um, to be go more directly to the heart of your question. Once I was walking with Prabhupada and um, one of my godbrothers asked Prabhupada about observing, I think, observing austerities for ecodicy and fasting. And he made a comment that ecodicy is not fasting, but feasting. Not fasting, it's feasting. So, uh, and (laughs) Pujapachitamarsh uh, liked to talk about it along those lines, with the idea that that the moon is thought to control the tides, right? So, so they are as there are as the body, the human body is made primarily of, of the water element. So there's a tide of fluid or water within the body, hmm? and with a certain uh, phase of the moon, it rises and presses on the senses and makes the senses more prone to engage in relation to sense objects, which is what kind of takes us out into a material sense of self. The sense of self that arrives at in, in the mind, that illusory uh, egoic sense of self is, is, is derived from our senses contact with sense objects and the impressions that they they relay to the mind, which causes us to determine I like this, I don't like that, and so forth. And an identity is formed on the basis of that information, hmm? misinformation, and it's always a false identity. But at any rate, the pressure on the senses then makes one more prone to for going outward. So the devotee will refrain. And sometimes they'll fast entirely uh, from food and drink and so forth. And upavas, upavas means to fast, but upavas, vasa means to reside, and upa means close. So 
it means this is a day for residing close to Bhagwan and then emphasizing those things that will bring me close to Bhagwan to such an extent that I for, won't, won't have time or I'll forget about even eating is the idea or even sleeping hmm? that I could be so come so absorbed so the essential idea of Akadasi is two days of the month that should turn into every day of the month hmm? Same with, you know, the Sakartik, the Dhammadarvrat, or Janamastami. They have significance in and of themselves, but in an overarching sense, they're meant to, to give us more reasons. There's already plenty of them for uh, uh, serving Krishna without any interruption. But they give us more reasons, well, on this day. And then you get something out of it and see the value of that. Once I was with Prabhupada, we had a festival that we just did in, in Los Angeles on, in a park, you know, went chanting, distributing prasadam. It wasn't any particular occasion. And, um, and afterwards, um, one of the sannyasis there with us said to Prabhupada, Prabhupada, it was just it was a wonderful day, and he was very enlivened. And, uh, and Prabhupada turned to him and said, every day is like that, <laughs> something like that. So... These days, such days are meant to, to give us an extra reason, an excuse, and even a mandate hmm, of the, why we should uh, be more absorbed and come closer to Bhagwan by those activities that are said to endear us to him and so forth, that we might get a, a deep experience, which is really what carries us in our practice. We can talk and give argument and so forth. Inside scripture, it works to a point, but if we don't ever get any experience, then what, right? <laughs> So some experience. Now, if I could just reach out and give you experience, maybe I'd do that. I don't know if I can do that. And then again, I don't know if that would work either. Then you would say, I got that experience. It's good. But is it what I thought it was necessarily? I cannot. So <laughs> so practice makes perfect, actually. Hmm? Um, and and just as a side point, it's nice to practice. It's it's good. It's actually, uh, to be a sadhaka is very, it's very special. You're not a siddha. Either you are a Badajeev. Hmm? And, and, and and holding hands with other sadhakas it's very it's very encouraging. It's a it's a wonderful life in and of itself, even if it never turns into anything more than that. Hmm? It's so nice, the sadhaka's life, hmm? if properly understood and and applied. And of course it does. We can, we can say maybe it does, I don't know, but Krishna says it does for sure. And others standing like great lighthouses in the night in the storm of the material existence, encourage us by their example. We see they have some ground they're standing on. That's, uh, they let go here, and, there's, there's, and they have support, hmm? and so forth. So to be a sadhaka is, is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Hmm? Here's one over here. <laughs> so, uh, so, at any rate, Essentially, then, ecodicy, to come closer to Bhagawan. It's, it's kind of like, let's make up a reason. We could even look at it like that, why, you know, two days of the month we should do it like this. <laughs> but there are some, uh, 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 we could say, from an astrolo- astrological, astrological point of view and consideration of, of a worldview that makes something of, of astrology. Maybe today's modern worldview doesn't make much of that, although I read a good book on that. Incidentally, this is called um, 
Cosmos and the Psyche by Richard Torrance. It's a good book. He, he's a author of the bestseller, The uh, Passion of the Western Mind, which is also an excellent book, understanding the evolution of thought in, in the Western world. But uh, his book on... Um, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really a book about astrology. It's quite fascinating, quite really very educated uh, view on... Um, on the invisible influences of the of, of the uh, celestial bodies and so forth on the psyche of uh, of uh, of, uh, of humanity, very compelling and interesting. So anyway, of course, the Gaudi Vaishnavism comes out of a view, a worldview that incorporates uh, this idea hmm? that there's that the universe is alive, if you will, that there's. Uh, there's a universal mind, in the, in the least, and ours is a part of that. <coughs> and of course, we went on about that earlier in our talks, with how it comes to Bhagwan and Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and why, and what is the place of Ananda, and, and Bhakti Ananda, and object-oriented Ananda, rather than objectless on Ananda. So, so Akadasi is one of those days, and for becoming close to, to, to Bhagwan, so close that in the things that that take you outside uh, of that are are foregone to one extent or another, but then to take it to another uh, step, uh, Pujapachita Marsh like to say, for example, that in the leela of Krishna, Krishna's leela is sometimes referred to as aprakrita, which means prakrita means like material. World and aprakriti means kind of it looks material but it's not, as opposed to adhoksaja. Adhoksaja means adho ah adhoksaja. It's like the first and last letter of the Sanskrit alphabet, and it means beyond that. It's beyond thinking, beyond words. It's overtly a transcendental uh, reality. So Vaikuntam is overtly different and transcendental. Krishna Leela is not overtly different. It's very uh, human-like. It's, in fact, uh, the manifest Leela is called the Nara Leela, human-like Leela. We like to say that it is in human society that we fall in love, and love is a fallen condition, and so that Krishna reasoned that to perform and pursue my, my love Leela, human society will be the best setting for that. Mm-hmm. So there's a very earth-centric, thank you for coming, sensibility in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Earth is very special. Uh, we, we don't think that the sun and the moon are orbiting around the, the earth, but in another way, it's a geocentric kind of sensibilities that are very prominent in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Avatars coming to the earth and so on and so forth. So at any rate... <clears throat> When we look at the Leela, in the context of the Leela, then the, the Krishna's devotees, Jashoda Mai, Lalita Vishaka, and so forth, uh, uh, Sridham, Subal, Raktak, Patrak, they don't think, of course, that Krishna is God, obviously. And uh, they have a, this, this is the power of Samvit. It's, a, it's an unknowing knowing. There's more knowing in unknowing than there is in, in knowing. Because Krishna, as the omniscient Godhead, uh, is 
this is just, of course, a way of talking about it, becomes bored with omniscience, as anybody would. And we brought this point up earlier. If you know everything, then, then what? It takes the fun out of everything. If you know everything that's going to happen at all times, and uh, this, this, is, uh, this is a problematic position. So what do you do when you're bored? Then you play. So there's Leela for Bhagwan, and he plays hard. Hmm? And so he plays so hard that he's in the, the perfection of play, in a sense, is to is identify with the play so much so that you actually become the person, the role that you're playing. Hmm? So Krishna has, 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 is, has become, or in eternity, is the son of Yashoda, more than he is anything else. And, of course, Krishna is that object which corresponds with a certain type of bhakti, as, as uh, uh, you know, Damodar, Radhanath, and his different names refer to him, his primary names in relation to different devotees, different sentiments, and so forth. So the love of Krishna and Krishna are one and different at the same time, the Shakti and Shakti-man. So, evening. So, so, to, what I want to say is to think of Krishna as God, as some do, is, is, is one thing, but it's more like an aspect of Krishna. We say Krishna is Swayam Bhagavan, means like it's, it's the, when, Bhagavan when he wants to be himself, hmm? uh, unto himself. Hmm? Um, kind of off the throne and relaxing, so to speak, with, with a certain section of devotees. And they think him of him as 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 one of them. This is Mamata. This is the characteristic of Prem. Minus, minus, which is of course what forms our material identities. I often say our I is informed by our sense of my. Hmm? I think it's my country. So I am American, and I am this, that, and the other thing. And if we look at all the things that we think we are, we'll find they're based on some sense of ownership and identification with uh, the world around us. Of course, nothing belongs to us, and so that I is as false as our false sense of proprietorship. Hmm? That I cannot be maintained. Still, we go on with it, maintain it, hmm? try to. Um, that is, of course, a great uh, the folly of material existence. But um, in the Leela, this minus comes. So when we, in our sadhana bhakti, when we come to Ruchi, we lose a taste for the world. The world becomes uh, empty. In Ruchi, the devotee doesn't believe in the world anymore. Before Ruchi, he might have questions about whether God exists, maybe, at times, especially in Anishta Bhajana Kriya, when the practice is not steady and so forth. But in Ruchi, the difference is he doesn't believe, she doesn't believe in the world anymore. Therefore, Nadanam, Nadanam, Nasundarim, Kavitam, found to be empty, the prospects of the world hmm, for acquisition, whether it be things or emotional companionship, whatever it may be. Nadanam, Nadanam, Nasundarim. I don't believe in the world anymore. And so the world soul, Vishnu, who's the witness presiding over and giving the benedictions and, and, uh, and so forth, kind of sanctioning the karma. He's just kind of the witness. We talked about this at length. What is, what is the world soul, the Paramatma, the other day? Hmm? 
Now it's not the ideal of 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 the uh, of, of bhakti, the object of, uh, of 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 love in bhakti, hmm? but rather in yoga, and for so many particular reasons. But anyway, he there he comes to the point. She comes to the point where has no the world has no prospect. Then the, the Pranishwar, the, the Lord of the life, the, the object of uh, the bhakti itself. I love bhakti. I only want bhakti. And to what extent? It's a very, it's considerable. He only wants bhakti, even if it means not getting liberated from birth and death. You see, the practice is very nice <laughs> in itself. Hmm? It's, it's such nice company, so many nice people, good to hang out with. And, and you can love them, too. It's so nice about bhakti. You can love other devotees. You can't do that in yoga, Mark. You can't do that in the Gyan, Mark. That's not possible. Hmm? No. In bhakti, Mark, you can. To take a very high concept of babulas and, re, and, and play out the implications of that, babulas is... It, or let's say Suritrati, to take this concept at the end of the Staiba Prakarna or chapter on the Staiba in, in um, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, chapter about Dasya, Sakyavatsali. In the end, Rupa Goswami makes a nice point because all along Krishna has been established as the perfect object of love. All love is centered on Krishna. Hmm? So someone could raise the question. If they didn't, Rupa Goswami raises it for them, more or less. What, how do devotees feel towards one another? All the love is centered on Krishna. But how does Nanda feel about Yashoda? What about that? What do we call that? So forth. So he, he said, this is we call suhritrati, love of the friend, hmm? of another devotee. Hmm? And sometimes that love of the devotee will be a little less than we love Krishna, or equal to loving Krishna in very extraordinary circumstances. <laughs> The devotee is loved more than Krishna. We call, he says, we call that babolas, the, the ulas of all bhavas. Generally, this is taken to be some indication of uh, some, uh, the idea of Radha Dasyam, to be a handmaiden of, of Radha, where the, where the, 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 the handmaiden's love for Radha exceeds her. Her love for Krishna energizes Krishna. Love for Krishna energizes her love for Krishna, and so forth. So, anyway, point is, in a very broad and general sense, this idea can be broken down to make a case for in bhakti, and we find many examples of it. There's love of devotees, and indeed, Ramananda said, you know, the worst thing in the world is to be separated from other advanced devotees. Narutam is praying. And he says, I'm beating my head against the, 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 the stone. Uh, what is that song? Hey, Anilo, Premadan, Karuna Prashad. We said, where is Rupa gone, Sanatan? How can I live without them in this separation? I, we, it's not that as we get more advanced, we need less association. In one sense, that's true, but we are able to contact in a deeper way, draw more from the text and and find the living and ongoing, in an ongoing sense uh, nature of uh, the authors and and so forth. But nonetheless, we seek friends and uh, and uh, and um, other 
like-minded persons. This is very central to our sadhana. That uh, what is the term? Svajatiya, snigdhasya. Hmm? Affectionate. It's very, very um, uh, central to, to to sadhana bhakti to find affectionate, like-minded association. Hmm? You might have to move <laughs> or make a temple in your own house, <laughs> uh, something like that. Affectionate, like-minded association, we will thrive. And it's a very common sense idea. Hmm? But it's very very much uh, played out in bhakti. So there's a place for friends, for loving other devotees, so that the sadhaka's life in itself becomes very, very beautiful, very compelling, uh, very gratifying. And then you stop thinking about this idea attaining perfection, you found it. The, uh, after all, Gorlila is sadaka siddhabhumi, the place where siddhas are acting as sadakas. A devotee told me, said he, I thought he said I think the Gorlila sounds kind of like it's a, like a little boring compared to Krishna Lila because Krishna Lila has all these intrigues and 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 so forth and. Uh, I said to him, no, you have to understand, Gorlila is, these are siddhas acting as sadhakas. This is the, like I like to call it, the reverse jacket of Krishna Lila. It's, it's brown, black on the outside with golden stripes, it's gold on the inside with black stripes. Krishna Lila is one way, you turn it the other way, it is Gorlila. Gorlila is not a different Lila from Krishna Lila, it's an extension of Krishna Lila. It's the invention born in Krishna Lila to deal with the failures of Krishna Lila. Krishna Lila is a failure for Krishna in two, in two ways, in terms of distributing it to the public, the opportunity, and in terms of tasting the measure of love that's, that uh, is, is present there in Radha that Krishna has no experience of. This sets him off balance. Hmm? And so his, his, his desire to showcase that Lila that others might become attracted to him and what he's about, which nobody is, practically. And he says to gopis at Kurukshetra, nobody cares about me, basically. They want eternal life. They come to me for that. I give it to them. They want things. They want themselves. They either want their material sense of self to be facilitated, or seeing through that, they want their atma to be to, to be satisfied. Hmm? Uh, bhakti is a very different thing. It's not about satisfying either of those, but about satisfying Krishna, about prem. He says nobody's interested in prem. This is what I'm all about. Hmm? Nobody cares about me. This is, this is Krishna's outreach in bhakti. The people aren't interested in me. So if you become a little interested in that kind of love hmm, for Krishna that makes him tick, so to speak, that keeps him up all night and so forth, and he becomes attracted to you. That's why this is also central to the sadhana, the very idea to follow in the footsteps of those kinds of devotees. Just that thought, audacious as it is, that endears one to Krishna. You, you're interested in me and what I'm about. Hmm? You get his attention by this. So, at any rate, in the Braj Leela, hmm, this is how their 
they have a, a minus, minus, is the, the Swarup Lakshan of Prem, that Krishna is ours. Hmm? Once uh, Pujapad Bhakti Bhanta Narayan Maharaj was questioning the idea of, of Prabhupada calling his deity in, in, in London, London Ishwar. Hmm? He said, why has he done that? London Ishwar. I mean, it's, you know, it's Krishna. <laughs> London Ishwar sounds like a name of Aishwarya and so forth. Hmm? So I thought about it, and I thought, well, this might be maybe another way we could, we, could, we, could, we could think about it, too. Uh, uh, who can understand the mysteries of how he, you know, he was thinking about everything, but that let the people of London think he's ours. <laughs> this is our, yeah, our deed. This is this kind of minus. He belongs to us. Hmm? This is to be cultivated. That my that forms that that forms an I, my of material attachment, false sense of proprietorship that forms an illusory I. In asakti, when we move from ruchi to asakti, that minus starts to. Is uh, awakens in relation not just to well to the object of bhakti in Uchi we'll have a liking for bhakti in asakti the object of bhakti and the object starts to become clear because it's corresponding with the nature of our our ruchi hmm? so therefore Mahaprabhu says ani ainanda tanuja kinkaram I want to live in the house of Nanda Maharaj hmm? basically saying I, you know, I I want to be married to Krishna this is the Aspiration of the of the uh, Brajsundaris. Of course, it's not possible. There's parakia, and that's better. And so, but they, mm-hmm. the, 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 that's the, the wish. Hmm? So Mahaprabhu was saying that the, I, the, the, he, this is coming into into focus. So now there's there's this minus is coming that's central to Vrindavan. So they all think he's one of us. Hmm? He's a Brajbasi. Yes, he does wonderful things. Narayan does wonderful things through him. Narayana Sama. Gargacharya said, he's like Narayan. The gopis <laughs> would translate it, or the British Bhasis. He's like Narayan, uh, he's like Narayan, but Narayan's not like him. Hmm? So there are some things that are, we find in Narayan, we find in him, but Narayan's not like him at all. He has no Prema Madhurdya. He has no Leela Madhurdya, no Rupa Madhurdya, no, no Venu Madhurya. Hmm? Hmm. And this, he is Lila Madhuri makes him Lila Purushottam. And of course, Gaur means Prem Purushottam. Hmm? And that, that Lila of Mahaprabhu, where, where the Lila Purushottam come, becomes the Prem Purushottam, hmm? then all the Siddhas are as Sadakas. So I told that fellow, no, it's not boring. You think of it like this Gaur Lila, eternal Gaur Lila. Everything that is said about bhakti that could happen, chanting once this happens, seeing the deity once this happens, uh, observing the kadasi this happens, it all happens every time to everyone. It's a very <laughs> exciting. So it's a land, a bhumi, where the siddhas are playing the role of sadhakas. Hmm? Everyone holding the hand of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, going to Kirtan and so forth, and house of Srivastava, and he goes into Krishna Lila, they go with him. They finally have identities there, and they come back out. And they wonder, did that just happen? Hmm? Let's make it happen again, and so forth. So, um, so at any rate, in 
in in in the uh, in the, in the, in the Lila, then everyone thinks Krishna is ours, and so if they think on economy that it's, 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 it's they do vaidhi bhakti there, hmm? they follow the Varnashram hmm? in Golok hmm? very carefully, but this is all very superficial. What's really central focus, the, the, the bhava that is fueling the whole thing. Therefore, they're worshipping Chalagram Narayan in the house of Nanda Maharaj, but their mind is somewhere else. That may be fami- you may be familiar with an experience like that. I'm doing the Arctic, but my mind is somewhere else. So, you can, there's a way to do that, and it's okay. <laughs> a, I'm worshipping Narayan in the house of Nanda Maharaj, but my mind is on Krishna. Hmm? My son, my friend, Madhu Mangal Bias. Okay, you're the Brahmin, come in, make the offering to the Shaligram here in the house. And, and his, his mind is not only on Krishna, but uh, eating the offering even before Krishna, and, and, you know, tasting it and letting him know it's pretty good, you know, and, and try it here, take it from my mouth and put it in yours and so forth. So, um, this is the beauty in one sense, of, and, and the Varnashram is there. You know, but it's all just a shell, if you will, hmm? to, in which this, 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 the rag is 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 uh, is uh, generating the whole affair, the, the, the sentiments, the land of ecstasy, and so forth. So, at any rate, there they think it's ecodicy. We have to observe the ecodicy. They do it in a particular way. But with regard to Krishna, the idea is that as the moon shows that particular face, then. They're thinking the fluids in his body will be pressing on his senses and taking him outward. Hmm? This won't be good for Vishnu Bhakti. You know, we want our son to be religious. Hmm? So that's one way. So he should fast. But, but, but actually, the, what Prabhupada's idea was, no, fasting, it's about feasting. So the other perspective is uh, somewhat similar but a little different. Krishna can enjoy more on Ekadasi than he can on other days because the tides are rising and pressing on his senses. He's more apt to eat and taste and enjoy. He's the supreme enjoyer, but in Akadasi, he that much more so. So we will cook more for him and, and make a feast and so forth. And we'll be so busy cooking the feast and preparing us, we won't have time to eat ourselves or even to think about eating ourselves. Hmm? And we'll stay up all night and chant, and this is the, this is the time where he enjoys more. Hmm? Uh, and so we will provide that kind of enjoyment. This is a kind of a positive then take on ecodicy rather than why why do we punish our bodies on, on ecodicy and Krishna likes that. That sounds, I don't know if I can go for that kind of thing. Does that help? Yeah. Okay, what else? Um, you were saying that it's important to get always seek out advanced association and I was wondering for someone that it appears sometimes that someone is very advanced that there's no one more advanced around for them in some cases. And so do they get their um, help from, you know, the other real? Or, I mean, are they able to? Certainly we, we, as we progress, then we're able to take advantage of association that much more. Hmm? And in the absence of, let's say, personal association, as, as you're thinking of it, um, there's uh, one may have the capacity to draw more from the, the that which has been provided by association in the form of literature, for example. 
hmm? then otherwise well, one may need to hear the text from a sadhu, another may hear the text and be the sadhu who brings out the more in it that others might not be able to draw out on their own. So there is a point of becoming, I suppose, good association, but, but still such persons would like to have um, good association, but that a good association will also be, as I said earlier, uh, snigdasya, but also svajatiya, so it may be particular. Hmm? Even according to a particular bhava, one will want to associate in a particular way with particular devotees of a particular bhava for the sake of fostering that, may respect others, so keep a little, little, a little distance. So it's a bit uh, complex, but the, but the principle remains. Therefore, I cited the example of Nartam. He was lamenting the loss. Uh, but they can lament the loss, the absence, the lack of good association in, in such a way that it becomes, that you get the result of good association. If you could actually feel hmm, what, is the, what, is the, what is the loss and know, hmm, hmm, then by that you can draw some association. You, you follow? Therefore we say union and separation, they're really, in you, in, it said in union there's one Krishna and separation, there are millions of Krishnas, because everything is reminding the devotee of Krishna. In separation, everything's reminding, and and so it's, it's sometimes thought in that way to be more uh, compelling. So if one knows what is is advanced, one knows what good association is, and then uh, laments the loss of it and the, the lack of availability and so forth. Prabhupada was like that. Prabhupada uh, said to us uh, many times, uh, many years back, that uh, actually he wrote to to uh, Pujapati Sridhar said. This is my shortcoming. I have no one to associate with, hmm. no one to, to advise me. I, this, I feel a great lacking in this regard. Therefore, I'm writing you. What should I do? I've left Brindavan. I've come to this country. I'm getting a foothold here for, for, for our Guru Maharaj and admission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But I'm old and I've had a heart attack. I could die. What, what Should I die here? in this land, or should I go back to Vrindavan? He wrote to Sridhar Marsh like this, and said, give, please, you know, give me your counsel. I'm, I'm, this is not like, this people will think, wait a minute, you know, Prabhupada didn't need anybody else, kind of thing. You know, no, the fact that he felt the need is, is the evidence of his, of who, you know, his standing. Sridhar Marsh used to say, for example, if a young boy is hungry, that's a sign of good health. Hmm? He has a necessity for association. It's not that he, I, I don't need any association. The weakness, you see, acknowledging the weakness is what bhakti is about. It's all about acknowledging our weakness. That's our strength. Hmm? Really feeling that. This is a very different idea than in yoga, marga, gyanmarga, which is so overtly effort-oriented and so virile in, in, in nature. Hmm? And bhakti is very different. The effort in bhakti is, is, to, is, is to try to get grace, to cry. Hmm? What kind of effort is that? You think, why, don't you, why don't you do something? Why are you just crying? Do something about it. <laughs> no, I'm helpless. This is my situation. I'm helpless. What can I do? Uh, it, the ideal is so high, and the conditioning is so uh, overwhelming, and so forth. So, so some some cry. I cry that I don't that I can't cry. Uh, by given the the, the 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 merciful nature of Nam and so forth and so on. 
something like this. So this is a very different uh, kind of orientation hmm, towards transcendence from yoga marg or or gyan marg. So the the problem was feeling some necessity. This, to me, that's that's like you know, that's very beautiful, very charming. And someone said, "Well, you, you think he needed freedom? He didn't need anybody. He was, you know, completely you know, no, 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 not like that." Hmm. So he wrote. Koshidamars wrote back and said, "Better, you know, better you stay there. You know, even if you pass in that world, it'll be the glorious thing, and so forth." And and um, and. Uh, and of course, Sridhar Marshall might have written and said, maybe go back to Vrindavan and probably would have thought about it and decided to stay anyway. That's also possible. But I mean, the fact that he was reaching out and, and having feeling a necessity for association is uh, telling. Hmm? It's a good sign. It's a sign of good health, what we should expect in, in, in the highest devotees. Hmm? That help? Yeah. What's the time? What else? Another question? Yes, Gordon Ryan does. Uh, yesterday you were talking about Rasa. Um, remember one time you were talking about Lady Devi and how she was kind of Ras that was Madhurya mixed with Satya? Mm, uh, I don't know if I said that. But anyway, you're wondering? wondering what that was. No. Not like that, but but Brenda Davies, the idea of Brenda Davy is very um, interesting, of course, um, big topic. But um, the the, the Brindaban forest is named after her. Tulsi is thought to be a Baikuntha kind of manifestation of of Brenda Davy, who has no father or mother. She's like Lila Shakti, very close with Purnamasi, who is the Yoga Maya of 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 Krishna Leela, hmm? and um, kind of like a forest, uh, whatever, uh, angel or uh, fairy, forest fairy, uh, and um, uh, helping in the background uh, with Purnamasi to orchestrate the the the, the, the Leela, hmm? and particularly to, to facilitate the Madhuri Leela. But we do find some. Uh, very much uh, affinity within her for for Krishna, hmm? affinity for Radha also. But uh, it, it it some have seen her as Krishna's Nehadika rather than Radha's Nehadika, so that she likes Radha a little less than Krishna, Krishna a little more than Radha. Some may argue the other way, hmm? but we find her very often counseling Krishna with regard to his feelings of uh, necessity in relation to Radha. So her, Madhu Mangal, and this uh, Purnamasi, or Purnamasi also very, um, uh, Krishna Snehadika. Hmm? Um, uh, so in, 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 maybe we talked about how Brinda Devi can bless uh, the, uh, the, the devotees. You know, there's a nice prayer that... Uh, that the devotees often sing for Tulsi Kirtan to Brinda Devi. So there it is mentioned what? That uh, so if you give Dia, give me the Adikar, hmm? 
Next part. Koro. Koro. Saki Nijanasi, something. Right. So you make me a Saki hmm? of Vrindavan. We sing it, make me a Brajbasi, more general. Hmm? But you make me a Saki, so it's a, it's a prayer for, uh, for Saki Bhav. But Saki Bhav, there's two sides that, well, several. The general idea of Saki Bhav is to be a female friend. So it's an appeal for, for Gopi Bhav. That could be appeal for some bog Ichamai or Tadbhav Ichamai to, to, to have a direct relationship with Krishna or to, to follow the attend to the bhav of one who does, hmm? which is preferable. But also some of Krishna's friends have Saki Bhav. Some of his coward friends have Saki Bhav. This has been highlighted by Rupa Goswami and Ujbal Nilmani and Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur and Jiva Goswami in their commentaries and Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur in his commentary and Bhagavatam also, where he says, those kind of friends who are involved with Krishna's romantic life, they're more or less the same. Hmm? They, ha- they taste up to Mahabhav. Hmm? Whereas this is not tasted in Dasirasa, sak- general Sakirasa, or Vatsali Rasa, only in Madurasa. And then within that, uh, there's <coughs> developments of the Mahabhav that will be relative only to Radha's group hmm? and so on and so forth. So uh, they taste up to what is called technically Rudha Mahabhav and Rupa Goswami calls that Sakibhav. Hmm? With regard to the Manduria element in it that it has them involved in counseling Radha, counseling Krishna uh, uh, relative to the to the Leela and seeking to unite the, the two of them and, and so on and so forth. These cowherds, for example, they have a, a, a Yuteshwar and a Yuteshwari. So they have a female group leader and they have a male group leader. Hmm. Hmm. So they are very much involved in Madhurya Rasa from a Sakya Rasa perspective. That's why Subal Saka is highlighted so dear to uh, Radha. He said that, that when Radha wants to taste Sakirasa, she becomes Subal. So Subal looks like like Radha. Hmm? Features are the same, so on and so forth. And um, Raghunath Das has made a very, very beautiful prayer in in uh, in uh, the, the, the implication of which uh, um, brings out how dear those types of friends are to Radha and Krishna, hmm? both. So, maybe it was something along those lines that was meant that Brinda Devi can give the Sakibhap in a general way or in a more specific way as a handmaiden of, of Radha and, and, and so forth. Hmm? And these are sentiments that are somewhat prominent in Gaudi Vaishnavas, particularly the, 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 the Manjari Bhava and to some extent this, uh, um, this kind of Rudha Mahabhav of the Priyanarmas. Rudha Mahabhav goes from Rudha Mahabhav to Adi Rudha Mahabhav. That means, Rudha means like full-blown, full-blown ecstasy. And Adi Rudha means, well, it's beyond (laughs) full-blown. Something like that. Um, And so, you're the handmaidens of Radha. This is the the Ujbal Rasa of of Gaudi Vaishnavism, the fullest sense of the term. Goes to the handmaidens of Radha. That help? Yeah. What else?
Yes. What does it mean when it says uh, some songs that face the church of Tanya conquer millions of moons? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it means that um, one thing about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance is uh, it is, that, is that he appeared on the when, on a on a full moon, but there was an eclipse hmm, of the of the full moon that night, and um, so sometimes there's a play on that, which is that well, the moon the full moon is beautiful in, in, in when it manifests at night, um, but the moon became embarrassed at how bright and illuminating was the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu for the world, so he covered himself hmm, out of embarrassment. I'm the full moon, this is my night, illuminating the night. And so, But my gosh, in, the, in, in comparison to the illumination that Chaitanya Dev brings to the world, then I'll recede to the background, I'll cover myself, something like that. But it's poetry, hmm? so the moon is is beautiful, and a full moon is beautiful in the night. Now, if you could take millions of those full moons, the idea is if you could magnify the brilliance and the soothing and cooling effect of the of the full moon, uh, that would give you some idea what is it what is it like to see the face of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What can you do? How can you explain that? So you want to take aspects of nature that are powerful, compelling, beautiful, and like when Krishna enters into Dwarka, it's mentioned in the Bhagavatam, it was as if there was lightning, sunrise, sunset, full moon, and a rainbow, you know, all at once. Uh, 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 Krishna's Kaviraj, and we, we, we commented on this verse at some length, says, Chitro Sando Tamon, what does he say? Godadai Pushpabanto, Saudita. They appeared, wore in it, and like the moon and the sun rising at, at the same time. So this is just poetic efforts, attempts to try to extend the beauty of the natural world hmm, to in a, a measure that would give us some idea of how the supernatural advent of of Bhagawan um, makes it pale in comparison. Hmm? So poetry is, you know, it's, 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 as I often says, a good language for trying to articulate and speak about that which, which really transcends words, transcends language and thought. Um, math won't be that helpful, but poetry will be helpful to give us some idea. So that's why we say that poetic speaking about nature, the natural world, the objective world, we find on the part of the, the Goswamis and so forth, is not the same way. They're not speaking about the natural world in the same way that we do in modern society from a scientific point of view. They speak about it more poetically. Hmm? But what they're interested in is only speaking about the natural world in such a way that by contemplation of it, it will foster experience of the subjective world and all that lies there. Hmm? That's the whole purpose of, of talk. It's a very different orientation. So we want, want to make comparisons. They talked about the objective world like that in, in, in the Bhagwat, in their commentary. We talk about it like this. You know, for example, you know, Ayur Harati Vaipumsa Mujanastan Jayanaso. So with the rising and the setting of the sun as it goes across the, the sky, everyone's life is being taken away, Bhagavatam says. 
So if someone says, Swami, you don't understand. The sun is really not rising and crossing across the sky like that. It's the earth is moving around like this. Your verse is wrong. That's not what's happening. We say, you're dying. <laughs> That's what's happening. That's what the verse is saying. You're dying. However, we, it's making a, a, a larger point and, and, and not concerned with whether, whether we have a geocentric or, or heliocentric uh, outlook. It's a whole different vantage point. Therefore, they say that the Goswamis feel that the, nat that the primary forces of the world are not strong and weak nuclear forces, gravitation, um, electromagnetism. They're dasya, sakya, vatsalya, madhurya. These are the real forces. For the, for, and the, to play them out in the subjective world, hmm, the, this, is, this, is the, this is the real full exploration of... You know what makes things go around, and even even on a limited in a limited sense, we live our lives as if dasya, sakya, and vatsalya make the world go around much more than electromagnetism or, or, or gravity and so forth. When the when the, when the calls of the heart, you know, for dasya, sakya, even in relation to uh, less than perfect objects, uh, uh, arise, we answer to them readily. Hmm? We, we, in fact, we defy gravity for them. It's a fact. Somebody told me, who was it, the other day, that there was a lady who picked up a car to save someone, a child or something that had been run over by the car. The car had, somehow the, the child was trapped, and this lady just went and picked up the car. I thought she must have been sore afterwards, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, and she wasn't like a weightlifter or anything like that. So, the point is her vatsalia transcended gravity. Hmm? Uh, so the, for, the power, the force of power of love, this is what the Goswamis were interested in. Hmm? And in honing that by way of positing the, the perfect object in which that, those loving propensities uh, can be reposed, and what will be the implications of that? And this is Krishna Leela. Hmm? So it's not some fantasy idea, Krishna Leela, but it's really looking at at the real forces of the world and what are the implications of them, hmm? if you fully play them out, then you end up in Krishna Leela. It's, it's not a just kind of a made-up kind of mythological idea. But I mean, anyway, uh, and we see it by, by the force of Vatsalya or, or Sringar, Madhurya, even in the material sense. The, the natural forces of the world can be transcended. It's miraculous. A lady could go and pick up a car. Hmm? Right? Um, so, of course, we say, well, you know, this is what was happening, and, and these, these the neurons fired, and she got all this uh, adrenaline, and, 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 and so on and so forth. And, but, but we say, yeah, of course, that all happened too. Hmm? But, but, you know, what's making all that happen? Uh, 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 and so forth. There was a feeling that made that happen. And you can't explain, as we were speaking earlier, that you can't explain the feeling. Mm -hmm. You can explain all those things, but you can't explain the feeling. Why is there a feeling? Why did she feel like that? See, this is nothing, matter has no feeling. There's no feeling in the brain. It doesn't matter how well you connect the brain or in what way, you don't get, there's nothing that translates out, feeling, here's the feeling button. Mm -hmm. <laughs> The, the experience of red, 
Mm-hmm. I gave the example of the, the um, thought argument of Mary's room. Again, briefly, Mary was in a room. She had no experience of color. This is a famous argument mm-hmm. in philosophy of mind. She had no experience of color, but she knew everything about physically about color. In other words, what happens when, what, how light is refracted and how many photons are in there that makes red and blue and so forth. Every physical fact about color she knew. But then she went out of the room and she experienced red. She had no experience of red. She knew everything physical that makes up red. But when she left the room, she saw a red rose, and she said, oh. She had a new knowledge, in other words. She had knowledge beyond the physical. Hmm? She had knowledge that transcended. There's, some, there's knowledge beyond the physical. If you know all the physical facts about an experience that make it up, hmm? that doesn't give you the experience itself. Hmm? So there's a strong argument in philosophy of mind that there's something beyond the physical. Hmm? And, and, of course, they call it qualia. This is the hard problem of consciousness. Why there is feeling. You could know everything about pain or everything about, you know, what gave her, why she was able to pick that up and so forth, but why she wanted to. What, what drove her was a feeling for her son or daughter, whatever it was that drove her to that. And this qualia, of course, is only, from, our, from the Vedanta perspective, is only... Uh, consciousness experiencing a semblance of matter through medium of mind and the ego that's 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 formed there. So the the experiencer is uh, is even more extraordinary than the than the than the experience, and it it stands to reason for experience. There must be an experience. So there is a higher self. There is a lower self that experiences qualia. Means a semblance of what the natural world is like in a feeling sense. There's no place for this really in, in evolution. There's no, there's, no, there's no evolutionary necessity for feelings. Hmm. Anyway, we talked about this earlier. So, um, so these are the forces. This is how they wrote about the natural world. This is how they thought about it. Hmm. Hmm. They looked at it from only the... Look at the world in such a way that it inspires you to pursue the subjective side of the, of the two sides of what material existence constitutes. Objective and subjective side. The subjective side is so much more interesting and vast. It's where value comes from. Hmm? Things only have value as much as we, 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 we assign value to them. So why keep looking for value in the objective world? You're the one that's giving the value. Look to the self. That's what yoga is for. Yoga, spiritual discipline, really, is, is, is an effort to separate out consciousness from matter and experience the fact that consciousness is not reducible to matter. That's why it's so elusive. It doesn't make it less important. It makes it more important. It doesn't conform to uh, to uh, to natural law, it's supernatural is the implication. Hmm. And as I said earlier, well, then if you if you go there, 
and experience the kind of, at a very bottom line, universal love and compassion that arises out of that by identifying with the very ground of being that everyone's standing on. This is a very valuable experience. Uh, it's an experience that, it, that unanimously human societies would say that would be where we should arrive at, that would be good. Hmm? So even if the metaphysical um, descriptions of what that's all about cannot be verified. What can be verified that such person arrived at 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 a, at, a, at, a, at a level of love and compassion that that so transcends the, the myopic sense of love that we have for our country, our family, our um, children, and so forth. A much a bigger sense of love and much more. Um, important plumbing the depths of human consciousness even if even if after death there's nothing more still there's a very strong argument to be made you should do so hard enough to arrive at that full experience of what human consciousness is and of course anyone who has the experience readily says um, that, it, that it that it does constitute a transcending of of uh, uh, time and space and so forth and entering into eternity if you could make, if you could give that experience by a certain, you know, wiring of the brain that you put a quarter in the machine and you put these things on and you got the experience, the God experience. Hmm? All of you have had some. Have you ever tasted ecstasy? Oh. No, 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 no. 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 Have, you, have you ever chanted Hare Krishna? Worshipped your deity and, and felt and understood what bliss means. Hmm? <laughs> right? And, and those tears came to your eyes and your hair stood. You, you experienced that, right? My hair's never stood on end. But tears came to your eyes and you were, you were crying. My material existence is ending. It's over. It's coming to an end. I can feel it. This is what the book talked about. You had that experience, right? Hmm? So, so many of you. Have you had that experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why we're here because we have a little experience from it. That's what. That's not every just what I say in all the arguments that have you here. You had some experience, so you're, then the arguments support the experience, and it's in its absence foster the kind of practice that will will, will bring it about. So, so what was my point anyway? <laughs> so 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 to have such experience, yeah, this is. Uh, this is our uh, ideal. It's very um, and 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 so if you could have that experience by way of putting some whatever things on your head and you put a quarter in the machine and you get the God experience. For those who have had the experience, they will agree with me. Everybody, there would be lo- lines around the block to put that quarter in. <laughs> Keep putting the quarters in. This alone, that'll be it. That's sufficient. I don't need anything else. It's actually a collapsing of the whole. All the mental constructs and all the trouble that that's caused by that, all the problems, just the washing away of the whole of material existence, evaporating with the tears, vexy. It's happening to me. It's I'm going there. Hmm? I'm I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the uh, on the ground of being, and it's, it's an exciting adventure. I'm I, it's very very compelling, very powerful. Hmm? So anybody who has this experience, either by way of sadhana, or it may be had in some other ways by chance, 
we could call it chance and so forth, it will change your life forever. Hmm? So let them think whatever. Even let them think, I don't believe that it really is a tasting of experience of eternal life, but you can't say it's not a good thing. Hmm? Universal compassion arises out of it. Such peace and self-satisfaction. So, so pursue it. Then, once they've done that, then <laughs> no one will argue against it. Then the mystics cross-culturally have the same experience hmm? with some nuance of difference, but so much common ground is there. So, what else? Another question? Yes. Okay, I don't know if this is a good question, but I was just wondering, because I was reading in the Gopal Chamsa that, um, you know, he describes how Krishna takes everyone back to Goloka Vrindavan, but I was just wondering, to, to keep the pastimes going, the uppercut pastime? Yes. Unmanifest pastime. Yeah, Behind where? Like to do the uppercut pastimes. To perform them. Like in Vrindavan they're going on here in the material world. And if everyone's taken back, then is it these expansions of those expansions that stay here? Into invisibly continually in Vrindavan, for example, is that what you mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, these are all different uh, dimensions of 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 Leela. That every every moment of Leela is going on at at all times, and uh, I think that that one of the most practical ways to think about how the leela is going on um, at all times is that in in the heart of of some devotee somewhere, every leela is is being enacted. Hmm? Everywhere, it's, it's, uh, somewhere, somewhere in some heart, hmm, every leela is being enacted. Uh, so, uh, uh, you're asking when Krishna Leela's wound up and it's said to be taken back to from the Nara Leela to the Deva Leela, from the human-like Leela on earth to the, from the Prakat, the manifest Leela to the unmanifest Leela, Golok, where is that the Golok? Well, really, that's, you, you see, you have to understand the Golok and Gokul, they're non-different. Hmm. So that, uh, in a sense, the unmanifest uppercut leela is the leela that's going on invisibly in Boma Vrindavan. And then it comes out. Where Where is that? I mean, where is Golok? Is it Gokul is here and Golok is over there? No, it's not like that distance miles from one another. So when the leela becomes unmanifest to the earthly perception so forth. Hmm? It enters into Golok, and that Golok is inside of Gokul. This is the teaching of the Goswamis, that the that actually the Gokul, the earthly manifestation, is the is the primal manifestation of the Leela. The Deva Leela is secondary to that. So it goes invisible, means it goes to Golok. That's where it is. And that Golok is inside of Gokul. Hmm? Sometimes it comes outside of it. That means it manifests for others to experience on earth, sadhakas and so forth. Do you understand? Yeah, I guess I just get confused because he talks about the different, how they descend from the demigod, you know, the demigods, they uh. take birth as demigods and then they come down. And, you know, they, there's a 
Different inhabitant, different devotee. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Well, that's a way of saying that. Um, really, that's a way of saying, explaining that the devas are partial manifestations of the parshadas. So they have administrative, godly stivetrena, godly uh, administrative kind of influence, the consciousness behind the functions of nature and so forth. So that godly influence has its origins, I mean, it's, everything has its origin in Krishna-lila. Hmm? So, Krishna goes to, you know, manifest in Vaikuntha as Narayan, and, 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 and uh, the uh, uh, Radha's there is Lakshmi, right? Hmm? And then the Mahavishnu, and, and then there's the Devas, Indra, Brahma, and so forth, and, and these are all thought to be kind of positions that represent partial manifestations of the Parshadas, the eternal associates of Krishna and Golok. Hmm? So it's a way of saying that these are um, to be thought of in that way. I don't know if you want to take it so. Um, you kind of take it in and li- think about it in a linear way, which is always going to be it's going to be useful to an extent at a certain point, and at a certain point it will be a little, little problematic. What else? Must be 8 o'clock by now. Okay. Well, it's been nice to be with all of you this evening and all whole month and so forth. It's always nice to come here to North Carolina. And now, of course, we have a thriving uh, project in western North Carolina, which is the most famous part of your state and um, beautiful part. And so we have beautiful deities of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Radha Madhava. Many of you visited there for the installation and so forth. And uh, we're now building a, 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 a... We've started our dairy... Himsa Dairy there, and we're building a uh, present project is we're building a, a barn, hmm? a barn with a little little apartment on top for the two cowherds to stay and take care of the barn <laughs> and the cows and so forth. So uh, encourage you to, to visit there, help us with the project. It's a very nice idea, and um, and I'll see you soon. I guess. Thank you very much.